that stupid punk rock. I don't, you know, I just think of it as rock and roll because that's what it is. Neighbors. You want to go sperm with that? Sunday, we'll be back in the lab. Your answer is non sequitur. Such a disgrace. All right, this is Scam Mueller. Hi, and I'm Jeff Yerhaken, and welcome to the Punk Rock Chronicles podcast. We're going to be talking about all things punk rock with the players from the past, the present, and the future. And today, we are here with Long Beach's own Dissension. Hey now. What's hey, up, fellas? What's going on? You know. So why don't you guys introduce yourselves? Uh, I'm Matt Vargas. I play guitar. Randy Freeman. I play bass. Awesome. Well, we're stoked to have you guys on the show. And um, you guys have been playing for a few years, right? Like mm. two, two or three, <laughs> maybe? No, man. We go way back to the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> so how'd you guys get into the scene? Ooh, who knows? Yeah, kind of like uh, I got into it when I was in junior high school. You know, it was like we were saying before, we uh, grew up on the west side of Long Beach. We used to get bussed in on the on the school bus. So, uh, and we grew up in, in, you know, normal, like, like hood, you know, so. The streets. The streets, you know, growing up west side of Longo and it's a Crip Gang. So we used to go take the bus on the other side of town where all the white kids were. <laughs> And that's why I got introduced to punk rock. So, you know, all my friends were that I had new friends, you know, they were all into it. I said, hey, man, this is something cool because I, I started playing guitar when I was 12 years old. Didn't even go to junior high school yet over there. And I like, you know, old rock and roll, like Kiss, yeah. Club Bomb, Parliament. Did you ever wear the makeup? Uh, no, didn't go no, that far. Never, never did that in the bedroom? <laughs> I did. Yeah. You did? One Halloween at school, yeah. Yeah, so which yeah. one were you, real quick? I was Paul Stanley because the because Gene was too hard. <laughs> the makeup job you didn't have, was too you hard. Didn't have the tongue for it. No, I didn't have that either. <laughs> you have to do tongue exercises. It takes right. a while. <laughs> yeah, I've heard. What yeah. was uh, some of the first albums you you listened to? What got you into it? Well, uh, one of our friends, uh, they were in the punk rock, you know, down the street. So like when we all got in together, they started bringing over some albums. What was uh, Circle Jerks and uh, Black Flag, you know, and Teal Sowell. And even though that I didn't know Teal Sowell was from Long Beach at the time, you know, that, 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 that was some good shit that, you know, that I, yeah, hey, man, this is something new. You know, I can go with this. Yeah, I didn't know that Teal Sowell was from Long Beach. I knew they were from, or like, this area. I thought they were from Orange County, but they're from Long Beach. So that's where they first started? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Now, when you guys were first starting to play shows, um, well, actually, how did how did the band come together? Like, what was uh, what was the process that led to you guys all being in the same room playing music together? The we we met out in front of uh, Black Flag's practice place on the west side. You know, we just sort of gravitated towards it. I I was like, like they were in the same. We were into the same shit. Kiss, Parliament, things like that. Like I liked like some of my first records were. Uh, Parliament, Mothership Connection, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the Kiss records, Alice Cooper records. Sure. And I, I don't know, like I saw punk rock on TV for the first time. And and then somehow, like when I was a little kid, like I was in a popping group and I was kind of a hood kid. And then I met these you guys. Like popping like breakdancing? 
Before breakdancing, come on, pop-locking. This was like breaking, not breaking to electric boogaloo. No, this, this was like the OG breaking. No, this was khaki suits and yeah. fights. You know, this wasn't like <laughs> jumping around on the fucking rolling around on the ground. Do you still have it? Do you have uh, popping? Yeah, I was. That's weird. Yeah, maybe. I don't yeah. know. I'm kind of fat now, but whatever. <laughs> but uh, and then I met these guys out at the him and his brother. Okay. The this. This lockout had Black Flag and Descendants in one room, Secret Hate and Minutemen in another room. Yeah. And we would hang out there. And, and then, like, one day, I mean, some, did you ever get inside? Yeah. Uh, I went there and, uh, you know, when I got word that they were practicing there, so we fucking rode our bikes or something over there. Yeah. And it was, I was like, shit. That's crazy. Oh, you know, it's fucking Greg Inn and Bill Stevenson was playing drums. Chuck Dukowski and then Henry Rollins. He was they're all there playing, fucking practicing fucking black flag songs and they're cool with you guys just rolling in. They, they, everyone kids. they let everyone in there, man. Yeah, it was they, cool. Like, really? Yeah. Wow. We would loud. we sat in the fucking room yeah. and watched them write My War and Slip It In. No what, shit. Yeah. Really? Like I mean, watch them put you know, put the yeah, songs together and put them. Yeah. And uh it's kind of a bummer, like a little disclaimer, because we sat in that thing. And these fuckers would be lurching and going crazy in that little room that was basically this size, you know, mm, right. maybe a little smaller. And and the songs were just fucking huge. And then those records came out and they were kind of polished and like, it's like, oh, shit, this isn't like we used to hear it. You know, they would, Henry would be screaming all the whole fucking song, yeah. you know. And so you're they, saying the records didn't really do their They didn't do justice. it fucking justice at all. It was nothing wow. like, yeah, it was a bummer. Yeah, but, when, we're, when we were watching the practices, they, they were practicing for that reunion show uh, that they're, they're playing at the uh, Santa, Santa Monica, Monica right? Civic. Yeah, it was fucking What year crazy. is this? This was 84. Oh, 84. Was it? 83. 83. 83. Yeah, and, and uh, we got in for free because they, Greg is like, hey, you guys want to get on the guest list? They had a fucking guest list like that, that long. Yeah, it was crazy. I'm like, I don't have a ride. And they go, roll with Lou, the guy who took their equipment. Loud Lou, he had this a bakery truck with all the shit. Nice. And I'm like, I got a, I got a date. I thought I had a date, um, but it was Mary from uh, Phantom Opera. <laughs> she went with me. She didn't want a date. She just wanted to roll. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we went and I fucking, I, it was a good one. Though. I brought a Sherm stick, and then when fucking Misfits were playing, I was yeah. completely PCP'd out and like, fuck, is this really yeah, happening? That was with uh, the original Vandals, the original Misfits. Yeah, it was so yeah. good. Oh, you guys were like 13, right? Bill, yeah. Oh, wow. Young boys? 83, probably 15, 16. Yeah, okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. Yeah, that, man, I would have loved to have been in a show like that. That sounds awesome. So when you guys first started playing and like, um, you know, first started getting your songs out and everything, did you guys have like bands that you play with a lot? Did you have like your partner grind bands? Um, we, we like to see Target of Demand a lot. You know, what, who were they? Target of Demand. Target of Demand. Okay. Yeah. Target of Demand. Yeah. They Target were. Target of Demand. Yeah. Of Demand. Yeah. They gotcha. were the local band in Long Beach, you know. Okay. And they they were like, fuck, we go to their parties all the time and see them play. It was pretty. It was pretty amazing because yeah. you know you hear the shit on the records that we'd get records and get all the stuff, but then you go see like Target of Demand, you go see Secret Hate and those guys, and these are they're just like big scary motherfuckers. When we were kids, we we're like, what the fuck? Especially Target of Demand, they were like, yeah. what you know? Yeah, they had a few TSOL shows too. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, because, because they were like crazy. Yeah, yeah they that were was local. fucking. 
But, you know, it, it, it was cool. That's who we kind of like, like targeted demand and secret hate and a little bit of crude. That's who we really were mm -hmm. kind of like not patterning ourselves after, but that's what we listened to the most because yeah. it was the most accessible. It's like, oh, these guys, they play down the street, you know, they're right. We, we can do that. Yeah. And it didn't really sound like that at first, but you know, it came together. I, I didn't play like these. I met these guys and I was like, I wanted to be a singer and I could write shit, you know, but uh -huh. then the problem was I fucking couldn't sing. So that's kind of a big problem. That's a big problem. Yeah. <laughs> but his brother had a bass and uh, he's like, I traded him a leather jacket for this bass. And then they basically taught me how to play. Nice. I ended up in some rehab where there was a dude in there that was like a guitar teacher. And I'm like, hey, I, I'm in here for two months. I need to be proficient when I get out. Hook it up. And he, and it's the way they do it. Just locking yourself in a room and just, you know, doing the same shit over and over and over. Yeah. Training your muscles to get it down. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty so cool. When he got out of rehab, he came over our house and... He, I was impressed. He's he learned learned some songs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I, I'm like, hey, uh, you know, let's let's do something, man. So we we started practicing. You know, okay. We used to practice in his granny's garage. Oh, I bet Granny loved that. Yeah, <laughs> no, she, she actually did. She man. Was yeah? cool. She was cool she as was, fuck. Uh, yeah. Grandparents are always cool. Yeah, at least I'm not on the streets anymore. You know, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not on the streets. She's yeah. like, at least I know where it's this like, motherfucker's at. Yeah. We just tell her to move the Impala out of the garage so we could set up. Yeah. Oh, man. That's the best. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, uh, we started practicing there, and, man, we we came up with a lot of songs. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, we used that, some of those songs for the Why Work for Death album. Yeah. Uh, tell yeah. us about that album. Like, how, how did that whole thing come to be? Where did you guys record it at? Well, we recorded it at uh, Casbah Studios in uh, Fullerton, Fullerton, right? right? Yeah. Isn't that like Social Distortion where they used to play and stuff yeah, like they, that? Yeah, okay. they recorded Stri there. Striper. Striper, <laughs> Striper. that's right. Oh, to hell with the devil. We, we used to go in there and they, they have their, their their guitars and everything was all stripes and stuff. No, oh my God, no <laughs> way. So they're a Striper, right? Yeah, Striper, the Christian rock band. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the legends. So do you guys play shows with Striper a lot? Hell no. no. <laughs> But our first uh, label was a metal label. Metal Storm Records, metal right? Storm. Yeah, yeah, Metal okay. Storm. How did that come about? Vadim. Vadim Rubin. And who was the other dude? Brian Siegel. Was it Siegel? No, it was, no that was Metal, metal, metal Blade. Blade. Oh, yeah, Metal Blade. Yeah, Vadim from Half Off, he uh, he's like, man, you know, I don't, I, I don't even remember how the fuck it happened. It's just like Vadim said, we're going to put out your record and... and Sign this shit. Okay, here we go. And it, it just fucking came to fruition. It was weird. Were you guys playing like a lot of shows before you guys got signed? To the yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We were so you guys were shows. around the scene for a while. Yeah. Okay. Not long, maybe less than a year probably. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. So it was you guys cool. getting on bills pretty quick. Yeah, we, we, we played a lot of parties first. Yeah. A lot of backyard parties. Yeah, keggers. Yeah, keggers. And we used to play... Uh, uh, what was that? Uh, Melody Dance Center, Center, Fenders, Fenders, Big John's, like those those kind of places. Yeah. Our first show was Safari Sam's. Yeah. And that's here in Huntington, right? Yeah. That was it, here it was here in Huntington. Huntington. Yeah, 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 yeah. We played there with Swa. Remember? Yeah, I think so. Bands yeah. Swa. But I remember we, we only had like 10 or 11 songs and then we were done. And they're all short, you know, and yeah. we're done. And they're like, play more. So we just like. Started playing. We were playing Lowrider for like <laughs> four or five minutes. Nice. That was funny. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. So when you guys recorded your first album, The Casbah, um, how how many days were you guys in the studio? Oh, just a couple, dude. Just just a couple. Yeah, just a couple. 
And there's like what? There's like a good like twelve songs on that. Right? Eleven songs. Eleven yeah. songs. Okay. Fuck the one we just did is fifteen songs. We're on that. What yeah. two and a half days? Yeah, they're, they're fast around. and short. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that helps. Yeah, fast and short. yeah. yeah. Then, were they live? No. Live recordings and. But the the first one was like yeah, bass drums and guitar were were live. Yeah, and do the vocals afterwards. Mm. Yeah, so same shit with this one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, this one's good. Standard. This Vocal, one's good. Vocals and lead later. Yeah, That's we cool. we but we went in both times. We went in like you know prepared. It's like we know these things and simple. You know, cool. just bust it out. So when you guys released that album, did your exposure? How, how did that affect the band? I mean, were you guys getting better gigs or? Yeah, I mean, yeah, we started getting we started getting some better. That's when we started getting like the Fenders gigs and the the Melody Dance Center was another spot in Long Beach that was one of the promoters that did shows at Fenders also did shows at this Melody Dance Center place. So we were getting cool shows, but then after the record came out, then we started getting shit like uh you know, UK Subs and Bad Religion and TSOL and Social Distortion and shows like that. Nice. And you know, our our stuff was it was a little different though, you know, like at that point, our shit was a hundred miles an hour and a little thrashier. Yeah. They, yeah. they kind of put it in with like when this new crossover stuff started coming out. Yeah. 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 Like the suicidal tendencies type stuff, like the metal. Yeah. Metal kinda, punk kinda crossover. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. It was, we were kind of ahead of our time, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Maybe yeah. That like album that. when I, I'm listening to it and it definitely has like those like metal like influences, like they're there, they're pretty subtle, but yeah. you can definitely hear like the chugging riffs and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Uh, so tell us about the next album that you guys put out. Well, I think that's when Randy. Yeah, I went to man. go play. Where did I? Where did I? Who did I go play with? Oh, oh Cadillac Tramps. Yeah. Okay. And nice. so uh, <laughs> we didn't have a bass player at the time. So on on this the next album, We the Fool, we went back into recording. We had a, a different singer than Matt Franco at the time. Uh, this kid named Tim Hanko. What up, Tim? And <laughs> so he did just like some of the recording, but then he quit right in the middle of the recording, and he went to the Air Force. Wow. And Tim so, was a, Tim was a singer for Half Off. Was he? Yeah. Remember those guys? Yeah. 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 Hanko was the singer and, for Half uh, Off. So we ended up getting our Matt Frankel back, kind of talked him into doing it. He didn't want to do it at first. Uh, okay. You know, he, he was off doing his other, some other stuff, but, uh, and he agreed to it. So then we got him to sing over, do the whole vocals over again, you know? And we didn't have a bass player at the time, so we did the recording, and I did bass on that. So, <laughs> so you did guitar and bass, guitar and bass. And again, you know, part of part of all those songs we we learned in Granny's garage. Some of those came on to uh, to uh, the the second album. And, okay. And uh, so Mike Sharico, he he was we got him in the band. Uh, Tell him how. Yeah, we got him in the band when we were looking for a second guitar player, and he he played in Target of the Man. He was in like our heroes uh, band, yeah. you know. Yeah. Wow. So, and I was joking with like they went on tour and they like Albie from, I guess, oh, no? yeah, Jimmy. Something happened to Jimmy, the singer of Target of the Man. He was sick. He couldn't go on their tour. Albie went on the tour. I saw Mike at a party when the tour was over, and I'm like, "How'd it go?" He's like, "Fuck, it was shit. We broke up." I'm like, oh, you need a, you need a, a band? And he goes, 
like, what? And I told him about us, and that motherfucker was at the practice place the next day, and we're like, oh, shit, Mike from Target of Demand's so, in our band now. Yeah, so it was that, super cool, with yeah. With that power from Target of Demand, that added to dissension, and that's yeah. that's why, you know, on the first two albums, it it was kind of powerful because he, he, he oh, yeah. we like, we, we dug it because he, he could fucking do the leads like a motherfucker. That motherfucker <laughs> was, he was shredding, man. He was Hendrix meets fucking yeah. dude like we, Jimmy Page or something. You know, he, he was like in his 30s and we were in our, in our 18, 19. Yeah, he, he was 28 when we 20, were like 16. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So he was like the dad of the band. Yeah. He was buying He was the dad of TOD too. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, we uh, we got to learn to play a lot of Black Sabbath songs at that time. Right. So we were we were jamming on that and playing some Hendrix, playing you know other sh- other you know old metal stuff. You know yeah. back in the seventies kind of shit. So sure. you know that kind of like was our influence too. You know. Yeah, all, you can hear that, it. You can hear yeah, it. All, a lot of a lot of Sabbath and you know Led Zeppelin and shit like that. So when you guys are when you guys are writing songs, like who usually comes up with the music, and then who usually comes up with the lyrics? Is it like a collaborative process, or is there one person I, brings it? To I the was band? the one that was pretty much making a lot of songs, you know, okay. the music part, you know, because I like I would be a fucking hermit just in my room, just playing and practicing, playing and practicing, and I come up with these songs, and then we go to Granny's and you know, you know. Make make a put them together. Song, right, yeah, put right. them together. Did Granny ever help you guys write songs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but Randy, Randy, and our original singer Matt Franco, they're the ones that pretty much did all the lyrics. All the lyrics, okay. Yeah, yeah. Randy, where did you get your ideas from for your lyrics? I don't know, man. Whatever, whatever I was fucking going through, like whatever was happening, whatever. I don't know, dude. Like, like blinded by. Power is just about, you know, like, like, you know, geniuses making bombs that could be fucking helping people, you know, could be feeding people. And Blackout is about what I was going through all the time, like smoking PCP and ended up in a blackout and fucking, you know, being covered in blood, waking up. Whose blood is this? You know, what happened? That kind of shit. It sounds like a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Our life was, we were, we were going through Drugs was a... Big part of our existence, big yeah. part of our our life back then, and it still continue. But you know, here we are. Today. I got a question: Are you on PCP right now? <laughs> <laughs> well, you got some. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I do. Yeah, you'd know. <laughs> so, uh, what, what were the tours like? Were you guys touring at that time, or were well, you guys able to get out there? The, this one, uh, when Randy left the band, and uh, we had it was me, my brother, Mike Sharico. He was the other guitar player. And then we got a, a, a bass player and a singer, uh, John Bausch. He used to play in Don't Know. Mm. He was a guitar player in Don't Know. So, uh, And he again, did that. He did the saxophone shit on oh, Target yeah, of Demand. The Airhead song on, on Target of Demand. He yeah. did the saxophone. He played saxophone on it? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. You check out that recording. It, it, it's pretty cool. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, we ended up going on. And then again, you know. Mike was older than us, and and John Bausch was older than Mike. Older wasn't than he? Mike, yeah. so they were wow. they were kind of like our dads, you know, when we yeah. were kids, you know. Going what on did uh, Grandma think of that? Yeah, the old dudes hanging out. <laughs> she was cool though. Grandma sounds like I mean, she's they, pretty cool. Yeah, they, they, it was like going yeah. on tour with our dad. You know, they they could be dating our moms. You know. <laughs> 
But so you had them do all the responsible shit. Like, yeah, they, they talked to all the promoters. You know, they they like they came and talked to our parents. You know, and, you know, said we're going on this tour. You know, we packed up the van and uh, we headed out all all the way up to the East Coast. You know, and we did it all in like two and a half weeks. Wow. Yeah. yeah. How'd you book that? Uh, our Mike Shrigo, he. Uh, he went through Maximum Rock and Roll, you know, where they yeah, used to put yeah. the, the numbers uh, of all these Oh, uh, that's right. Clubs. Book, book your own fucking book, life. Book your own yeah. own shows, you know, and we we did it, you know, on, on a time frame and then, you know, how, you know, how long we would get there then all the way, you know, to make it to the to the night we play. Okay. Yeah. We 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 played Las Vegas, Texas, uh up in uh Pennsylvania, New York. Uh Norwalk, Connecticut, uh, Indianapolis, you know. Surprised you remember yeah. all these places. Yeah. Wow. It, it was a mem- memorable experience. Memorable yeah. experience, yeah. <laughs> Did you yeah. Uh, get label support or, or were you guys just kind of on your own? Or no, how, how, we, we were pretty much doing it on our own, you know. Wow. Yeah. Promoting our own shit, you know. They just give you merch to hear sell these records, survive. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, stuff. One of the cool label support things on the first record was they they licensed it to a Brazilian company named mm. called Azra. Yeah. And they gave us, you know, some dough and then and they fucking the Brazilian people loved it. You know? Yeah? Yeah. I met they like that heavy music, the Brazilians. They had yeah. like Sepultura and like all that I met shit, you know. One of the dudes from Sepultura and told him what band I was in and he was like oh fuck yeah I know you guys I like I'm a fan oh, yeah. I'm like what the fuck so oh, they, they, cool. they pressed yeah. they pressed their own White Work for Death album out there really it's a different back cover different back cover oh wow okay and so it, it got exposure out there right you know then when MySpace and Facebook came along we started getting these people to say hey you, you guys are dissension from White Work for Death did you guys ever play in no. Brazil no we gotta get down there yeah, we gotta go you, down there you guys need to get down there yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'll eat that up for sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. We still communicate with a bunch of those dudes. And that's kind of why we started playing again in 2012. We started playing again. Or, yeah. Right. Because we were, you know, like getting like all this, like these people messaging, you know, just, you're looking around social media, you're looking, mm-hmm. looking at shit and you're looking at, at different like fucking internet sites and discogs. And I don't know what kind of got me how it was some, kids saying like this was the soundtrack to our youth in fucking sao paulo yeah. and like it was like what no shit, fucking bro. cool like okay let's fucking play man yeah that feels pretty good huh yeah it was cool and then so i fucking contacted some of them and started communicating with them and it was like shit man really okay yeah i guess it was the soundtrack to our youth too <laughs> yeah <laughs> seriously so, wait back up a second so when did you, when did you guys break up why did you guys stop playing originally well uh which time this was uh after the tour with uh okay. Mike Sharico and John Bausch. So after after we ended the tour, it was kinda like, okay, you know, some heated, you know, shit happened during during the tour. And uh so at the end when we got closer to home, we were just like, you know what? We kinda just said, Fuck it, you know. You know, these guys are older than us, so they you know, they could care less, you know. Right. So, well, touring, touring can take its toll. I think a lot yeah. of bands break up when they get back from doing a tour. Yeah. Yeah. So they just say it was a lot, a lot of partying that we did <laughs> on tour. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of drinking, a lot of weed, you know, shit like that. 
There was some theft Wait, on as well. That, that, on tour, you were there, drinking yeah, alcohol and smoking weed? <laughs> <Yeah>. Seriously? <laughs> there might, yeah. might have been some happen. theft and some Yeah, there, there was fights a couple, and, you know, mm-hmm. couple of arguments and stuff, you know, because of theft and shit like that. So, Oh, you guys got... You guys got jacked? No, we mm-hmm. didn't. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Other way around. Other way around. <laughs> <laughs> just say, From each other? No. Oh, okay. No. So what did you guys do when you broke up? What were you guys doing then? Were you guys started other bands? Uh, I, I kind of went my own way. Uh, I started playing with this other band called Long Beach All Day. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So those guys. I, was, I was playing guitar for, with them for... For a lot of years, early '90s, right? We're yeah, talking. early '90s. You played in Walk Proud too, right? Uh, that was only for a minute, and oh. then I, I started uh, started playing with some uh, metal friends of mine, you know, Atrocity and uh, Brotherhood of Anger. So we did a lot of uh, a lot of parties, you know, the junkyard parties in Long Beach that used to go on, you know, for free, and it was out in the open, out in the industrial area, and. and uh, Wait, so this was like at an actual junkyard? Yeah. We call it junkyard, but it, it you know, it was over there like uh, Santa Fe and Anaheim towards Wilmington. So all that industrial area oh, right there, yeah. yep. you know, people throw parties there all the time. The cops never come. <laughs> perfect location. Yeah, perfect right? location to have a have a show. Yeah, I guess you wouldn't get any noise complaints. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so then uh, I, I joined All Day, Long Beach All Day, and uh, we, we uh, cut a couple of albums with them. Uh, went on tour with with All Day. Uh, played with No Effects out th- out there. Met him in Denver. Came all the way back to towards towards the West Coast. You know that that was fun. Sounds yeah. like it. Yeah, tell yeah. Me, All Day was uh, at first was what Quackenbush from Vandals playing guitar. Yeah, Quackenbush from the singer from the Vandals now, yeah. and then Randy Bradbury played played oh, uh, guitar too. Oh wow, from uh, Pennywise. Pennywise. Yeah. yeah. And Trey was in there. Trey from like yeah. One Hit Wonder, Falling Idols. Oh, yeah. nice. So, yeah. Okay. So th- th- this is know. like an early like super group. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's and sweet. How was that tour then compared to the Sension tours? I mean, was it well, probably more funded? Oh, or, fuck. It, it was like all hell broke loose, man. We were, <laughs> these guys are nuts. Yeah, I remember up. seeing all they play. <laughs> these guys up, are nuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> every, every every city we were at, you know, it was always a memorable memorable time because you know Paul McFadden liked to kick it into high gear. Yeah, yeah. yeah but wait, who's Paul McFadden? He, he was our the singer. singer. Oh, he's a singer. Yeah, 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 gotcha. Yeah, he was pretty wild. Yeah, yeah. But always then, been. But then uh, we we were we were off and on, you know, with well all day. Then we get back together and. But uh, you know, it just finally kind of kind of fizzled out. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it did. You know, just didn't have it. You know, no interest. I guess. You know, okay. So they're trying. You know, some of the members are trying to get it back, but you know, we couldn't find certain members. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to find music. We just found one. Yeah. <laughs> we, we just- yes. Speaking of which, uh, we're gonna take a break here, and when we come back, we're gonna talk with uh, your singer about. The Resurrection of Dissension. Cool. Yes, sir. All right, so now we're here with Eric Salazar, and we're going to be talking about how he got back, in, or how he actually got into the band, and helped resurrect where you guys are today. So what's your history with the band? How did you first find out about these guys? Uh, through shows, um, and somebody gave me a tape, I believe. I got a tape somehow, and I remember... Uh, I was in, living in Huntington Beach 
and I had this cassette tape and it had dissension on it and I liked it because it was like super fast and and just different from a lot of the other shit at the time. Right. You know, I had a stepsister that was into like the hair metal bands. Like so, Striper? <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> and um, it was just different. And then I started, I was always going to shows and, I, and then I went and saw them. I forgot what show it was. Those days are so foggy for me. But uh, I, I remember seeing them and then every time they would play, I would go and, and just rage and most of the shows were violent. There was fights all the time, and especially at Fenders, you know, they used to get pretty, pretty bloody Crazy. over there. Yeah. yeah, we we would play shows with the older bands. Okay. And I remember overhearing guys one time. I'm bl- I'm, I'm blowing you out, fucking Randy. Uh, <laughs> Falling Idols one time, and they're like, "Who's playing before us?" And they're like, "Dissension," and they're like, "Fuck." Because, like, most likely the show is getting it, no, no, it was it's just getting broken last. up. It's, it's not, not going to last. Cops are going to so come. Four or five yeah. songs. It's yeah. like, shut this down. It was fucking cool, man. Like, we had a crew that would, they would fuck shit up. Like, yeah. for, you know, it was it was good. They, they would shut down shows. Like, fuck one party we played, the fucking, in a backyard, like, tore down the fence. Remember that? Like, <laughs> fucking fence. Or the helicopters on us and shit. It was fucking, it, those were fun days. <laughs> Sounds pretty wild to me. Yeah. So, Eric, now you're in the band. Mm-hmm. Now you're the singer. How'd that happen? Um, well, they, they started playing again, and uh, they played a punk rock. Picnic. Punk rock picnic. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had one of our friends, John Newman, singing. Rest in peace, John. John passed away. Rest in peace. And uh, I don't know. They, he just asked if uh, I wanted to try out pretty much because. John was like a, a friend of ours and he was a part of our crew when we were kids, you know, and, and his. Number one fan for sure. For loved sure. him. So when mm-hmm. he got to sing for him, he was like childhood dream for him you know he wow. was so proud to be singing for dissension because yeah. i knew him too and he's like bro i'm singing for dissension i'm like dude it's fucking rad you know yeah and um and i had to be the dick like always like like always fucking uh the, the new shit that i was writing wasn't necessarily working with john's thing john's vocal style was more like uh he was just full speed you know he was Christ on parade kind of like just belting it out. And Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, it it was, it was super cool, but it didn't totally work with our shit because we got like little subtle, different kind of parts and stuff. So yeah, he actually Salazar was, we were at punk rock picnic and he was carrying our shit in, helping carry our shit in. Mm -hmm. And he was talking. And then I heard somebody say like to him, are you guys playing? Cause he was in a band before that. And I go, do you happen to sing? Cause and I, tell I, I, and I go, no, we broke up. Or I go, no, I don't sing anymore. And he goes, you sing. And I'm like, and I could tell by his voice. Like I wanted to write songs with his voice. I got a raspy voice. <laughs> yeah. So it was cool. Yeah. I was like, can you, you know, and then it's like, fuck, you know, sorry, John, but we got to go this way because want to write some new shit, you know? But John was still there every show 
first oh, one to start cool. first one to start the pit yeah, yeah yeah like i said he was number one fan yeah, I'm sure he understood it was his voice wasn't right. For yeah, and he, he took it a little hard, but he was still like I said, he was there every show. He loved all of us, and yeah, he came up and sang know. shit with Salazar. Yeah, he would come up and yeah. yeah, yeah, it was it was all love and brotherhood, you know. Okay, so the the last Ascension album came out in 1988. Yeah, then we did a single or like a. Like three songs, yeah, like a it's single, like a, like a compilation or something with other bands, or no, just just us. Is it just seven inch? Yeah, okay. Uh, Fletcher, Draggy from Pennywise, and Ian Peterson, they like produced it, and okay. um, we just rest kind of peace. Hmm? rest in peace. Yeah, yeah Ian, Ian passed well, away. Ian rest passed in peace, too. Ian. And they they did it, and you know John helped us write like the one of the songs on their Damascus. Like I wrote it with him. He would come to my job after and, you know. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was it was cool. So we did that in 2013 probably. And it's fucking impossible to get anybody to hear anything, you know. It's, it's, it just is. It is tough. But you, but now you guys have a new album coming out. Yeah. And he was about that. Super excited! This, this album is yeah, it's fucking yeah. brutal. I want to play it right now. It's, stick it it's, in the mic. Uh, yeah, you sent me some of that shit's badass. Really, good. I'm glad you like it. Yeah. We're getting a lot of positive feedback from it. It's um, who knows what it's gonna do, but we love playing the songs, and they're pretty brutal. And how many tracks do you guys have for this album? Fifteen total. Wow. Okay. One is the Damascus song redone. We just we did it again. Um, okay. But there's 14 new ones, and it's cool. It's got all our little shit in there that we listen to, you know, kind of like it just, you know. And it's about our drug past and our hood past and our whatever, you know, and the roots. So we, it's called Amazing Disgrace. And then there's Amazing, some shit. Amazing Disgrace. That's the yeah. name of the album. Oh, I yeah. love it. It's great. And uh, I don't know, should I say anything with Jerry from Poison Idea? He's going to put it out like, on. Uh, his American leather. Oh, nice label. Okay. Well, that's pretty cool. That's exciting. Yeah, it's exciting. So, yeah. so he's so a busy can everyone, though. When can everyone look for this album to come out? January, February next year. Like, okay, so early, early 2020. Early 2020, yeah. 2020 for sure. Early Sweet. 2020. Yeah. Awesome. Super excited. I'm, I, I can't wait. We're gonna put like four songs on like a little giveaway CD thing okay. and. Uh, we were playing what are we playing Warfest on we're playing Warfest in uh, Long Beach uh, January 4th I believe that's a Saturday yeah, yeah. okay uh, it's at the gas lamp yeah, yeah. The gas lamp. Mm-hmm. it's a great venue good sound good lighting great food drinks hell yeah so that's what's like really good. orange yeah, yeah. gutter mouth gutter mouth yeah yep yep awesome you guys so we're gonna give away like a, a CD with like four teasers on there but we're gonna do vinyl and Sweet. Probably vinyl and with the digital, digital download. Yeah, vinyl and it'll be like all the fucking. It'll be on all the platforms. Spotify. Yeah. Pandora, all the usual places. Apple Music. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, guys, it's been super awesome having you guys on the show. Everyone, make sure you go check these guys out when they play at Warfest, and you're also going to be able to get a sample of their new CD or their new vinyl album, American Disgrace. And uh, any closing statements you guys want to make? 
Come to shows. Come early. Support, Support these guys, though. <laughs> these guys are badass. They're fucking great guys. And Thank you. I'm stoked they're here to, to take the time out to come out here to talk to us today. So Support everybody. Thanks for having us. Awesome, guys. Yeah, and speaking of support, uh, if you guys want to hear – if you guys like what you hear, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the Punk Rock Chronicles podcast on Apple Podcasts. And if you're watching on YouTube, make sure that you subscribe so you guys never miss an episode. So uh, that's it. Until the next episode, we'll see you guys. Thank you guys. Thanks for having us. All right.